0: Our scripture reading this morning comes from Galatians chapter 5. I'll be reading verses 16 through 26 from the American Standard Version. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desires against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, Outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I forewarn you, that these who practice such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another.
1: We indeed need to take that time to be holy and to speak often with the Lord, recognizing all that we have, or shall have, and all that is, comes from God. The scriptures begin with, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, Promise that God was there and gave or created this earth and all that we have. The Bible closes with the hope that we have in Revelation 22 and in verse 20. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. God created everything that's in it. In Genesis 1 and verse 11, He created the fruit trees and its fruit, and the fruit contains the seed within it to bear another tree. How many of us want the fruit without ever really considering what was involved in it? It did not appear first. Inside, not this one, this is made out of plastic. Thought I better clarify that one. Inside the fruit is the seed that will produce another tree. And when that tree matures, it will bear a fruit. And inside that fruit will be a seed that will produce a tree. How many times do we want to partake of the fruit without considering what was involved for us to be able to partake of the fruit? To a degree, it's the same thing with the fruit of the Spirit. God gave the Spirit. God gave the seed, which is the Word of God. That seed will produce, when it develops or when it's listened and obeyed, will produce a Christian. Inside that Christian, is the fruit of the Spirit. It's because of what God has already done that He allows us to have that opportunity in which to serve Him. In the reading this morning, Paul warns against the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. And that they are at war with one another. And you have to learn that you cannot have both. If you're going to be of God, if you're going to let the seed of God's word germinate and grow within you to develop this fruit of the Spirit that's given to us in Galatians 5, you have to put to death the works of the flesh. They war against the Spirit. And if we're not careful, they will destroy the fruit of the Spirit. So the challenge is ours to decide to what we will truly listen to God and His Word or the world in which we live in. That definitely has its appeal to us, to the flesh. And we have to decide which one is going to be dominant within our life. They can destroy the liberty that we enjoy being in Christ. We're aware of that how sad it is to see one who had been in Christ to let the deeds of the flesh overtake them and destroy that fruit of the Spirit. The flesh prevents us from following the Spirit and doing the things that we desire to do as a Christian our desire is it not is to be more like God to be more like Christ to have that desire of really striving to put to death the deeds of the body so that the spirit of God can dwell that we can grow and mature but that flesh will wage war against our spirit. And we have to be careful. They will keep us from inheriting that kingdom of God. Those who practice, in verse 21, those who practice such things, the deeds or the the work of the flesh, will not inherit the kingdom of God. No ifs, ands, buts, or exceptions. If we choose to follow the flesh, we will not inherit that kingdom of God that is eternal. Therein lies that danger for us. For us to remind ourselves, as we sang, it takes time To be holy. And you have to often speak with the Lord. It's not an automatic thing. It's a constant battle every day that we live. To see whose voice we are listening to. Is it Satan's? Or is it God's? That fruit of the Spirit is love. It's an interesting concept here. The first quality that we have of the fruit of the Spirit is love. The last Christian characteristic that we develop, what we call the Christian graces, in Second Peter 1, 5 through 11, the last one of those is love. We want to start out with love. We have to realize that's what the Spirit gives, but we have to grow. And we have to keep adding unto the, our faith, these virtues that are mentioned in Second Peter 1 verses five through 11. And when we do not have that love, as God describes, we can become discouraged, unless we remind ourselves that is the first thing that God gives to us, this Christian love. This love that that seeks the supreme good of another. Because that's God-like, is it not? That's Christ-like. And if we're going to be children of God, then that's to be our characteristic as well. To have this supreme love that's described for us in 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8 all of those characteristics that do not come naturally to the human body or to the human nature. but well, There are the qualities that do come from God. And we have to choose to let those be a part of our life in order that we might grow in them and be the people that God would have us to, to be. Paul in writing right into the Romans... In the fifth chapter, down in verse 5, we have to do some things there in 3 and 4, glory and tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance character and character hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Hope does not disappoint because that love of God, that fruit of the Spirit, that love of God has been poured out Into our hearts. God generously gives. His desire, without a doubt, is that everyone who is a child of the living God will be with Him eternally in heaven. That's His desire. That's His goal. That's His ambition. And He will do everything on His part to ensure that that is the case. But it is dependent upon us. Will we allow him? Will we give him free reign in our body, in our mind, in our heart? Will we truly allow that love of God to dominate? He's poured it out. Will we receive it? And when we understand that as we live our lives and face the trials and the tribulations that come our way, that God is there. Oftentimes we want the fruit and fail to realize how much time did it take that seed to germinate, that tree to grow, To develop that fruit. Take time. To be holy. Speak oft with the Lord. It takes time. We want the end result now. As opposed to realizing that it comes in time. We have those trials and those tribulations. But we have that promise that he will pour out his love upon us through that Holy Spirit that has been given to us. It deepens our love for God as our our Father. Over in chapter 8 of Romans, down verse 15 and 16, 14 and 15, excuse me. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God who gives love. These are the sons of God. Those who are willing to be led by God through his word. These are the sons of God. These are the children of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. By whom we cry out, Abba, Father. We identify with God. We have become more like God. It's an imitation. Understand. But we grow more like God. That's our desire. Do not let the works of the flesh destroy that fruit of the Spirit. That God has so freely given to us. But to grow in the grace. And in the knowledge. Of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Peter reminds us as he closes out. His second letter. In that third chapter in verse 18. Grow in the grace. And in the knowledge. Of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It does take time. To be God's people. And that taking of time. It's not, it's not simply time, per se. It's time being spent with God in His Word. We have to use that time we've been given to do the growing in order that we may be more like God, who so loved us. And then that does produce in us a desire for us to love one another The Apostle John is known as the Apostle of Love in that first epistle that he wrote. Not the gospel, but the first epistle. And in chapter 4, verse 10 and 11. And this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. And He sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. There's love. God sent His Son to pay the price for our sins. And again, that's every sin that we've commit. However, we want to categorize them: big sins, little sins, black lies, white lies. Does not matter. Christ had to shed His blood. For each sin. And we're to grow out of that and be one willing to serve God. Beloved, if God so loved us that He gave, we, ought so, we also ought to love one another. We ought to love one another with that type of love that love that seeks the best that love that denies self for the good of another. Well, I have the freedom, I have the right to do this or to do that. But love controls the life. He made us part of a body. And in that we have restrictions. But we also have love for one another. I would remind us in the Ephesian letter in chapter 5 in verse 1 and 2 Therefore be imitators of God as dear children. Imitate God. That's your desire. That's your goal. That's your Heart's pleasure is trying to be an imitator of God in the love that he has. And walk in love love as as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Walk in love as Christ has loved us. Compassion, concern, patience, long-suffering, all of those other qualities that you can mention that are godly. Walk in love towards one another. That's what Christ has done for us. And we're striving, indeed, to be an imitator of him. And Peter would describe that love a little bit more in 1 Peter chapter 1 in verse 22. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently, with a pure heart. Love one another fervently with a pure heart. That's what God is expecting from us. It's what he's demonstrated towards us and given us that opportunity to be called dear children of his. It's to be a sincere love, genuine love, Not a put-on, not an imitation, but purity. And to fervently love one another. To seek that in our lives in order that we indeed may be the children of God. And this is to help us. To prevent us from our Christian liberty that we have from turning into destructive selfishness in Galatians 5.13. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. It's God who gives it. It's what we grow in. We grow in for a purpose of serving God and doing the things that indeed would be pleasing in His sight. Do we manifest that we walk in the Spirit regarding our love towards one another? Is that a strong indication that we are, indeed, who we say we are? Again, have we taken the time to be holy? It does not come automatically. There's an end result here. Are we taking the time to allow that seed? the Word of God to germinate within our hearts to produce this Christian who is Christ-like and then this Christian who is Christ-like to grow in the characteristics that God describes in order that one day home with the Father will be the end result. Based on the life you live, based on your determinations of what you desire, God planned your redemption before the world, executed in human history, unfolded it unto us, allows us now to be partakers of His grace and His mercy and His love, given us opportunity to grow and to develop to be more Godlike, more Christlike. Every opportunity that we have, every moment we've been given, is just another time and an opportunity in which we get to demonstrate, to some degree, the depth of the love of God for His creation. But it is based upon Our willingness to accept what God has done for us. To recognize that he is a loving shepherd. That he longs for that lost sheep. One or many. But he longs for that lost sheep to come home. To come to the shepherd. To find safety and shelter. Wherever our life may be as you look at it, you have to determine yourself where you are. It may be that you have not yet responded to that gracious love of God and become His child. You need to do that through the repentance of sins that separates you from God. The confession that He is the Savior. The willingness to obey Him in baptism for the remission of sins, forgiveness of sins in order that you may be raised to walk a new life. Or it may be that as a child of God, as you begin to let the world creep back in. You begin to let the works of the flesh begin to take hold of the life. And that you need to come home. Come back to the Father. If you have a need this morning to make a life right with God, that we could assist you, if we could help you in that decision, indeed we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.